Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. The voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. You sound like you're from London. I don't want your life. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. My name is Rob Mansfield, and with me, he's gonna get in the car with a smile and the burn that he put on his arm the day you went away, girl, and he probably won't come back around again. It's Alex Rockline! I never know I never know what you're gonna say in those intros. And that one was probably my favorite one. I listened to that song earlier today because it's it's just one of the best songs out there. I've been listening to it on repeat. I've been playing it for my kids. And I was when I was trying to think of what to put in the intro, I was like, I gotta do it. You gotta do it. That was perfect. I gotta do it. And I apologize to everyone, I'm a terrible singer. Eve six would be proud. But it made Alex smile, so that made my day. Let's jump into the rock question of the week. Alex. You grew up in the Northeast, Massachusetts, born and raised. Are you a good skier or snowboarder? No, I am not. (laughs) We were not like a skiing family. I feel like that's like a family thing. You know, like your parents ski, then like they bring you along. We were not skiers. We were not snowboarders. We were ice skaters. So we did a lot of ice skating when I was younger. I did try snowboarding once. I did. How'd it go? I was terrible. Wow. Yeah. I've never tried snowboarding. I've tried skiing a couple times. Middle school, I went once, did a flip into a tree. Then I recently went on a bachelor party and it was very icy and I'm not a good skier to begin with. And I had a hard time. And then I'm on the mountain and I look to my left and there's like a bunch of five-year-olds making me look ridiculous. It was a real shot to the ego. That's when you hang them up. What about your relationship to video games? I like video games. I really do. I'm not very good at video games. Evelyn and I do play a lot of games on the Switch. So like a lot of Mario Party, a lot of Mario Kart. That's cool. Stuff like that. I'm happy with that. I don't need anything more. I love video games. I love playing video games. I just can't find the time to do it anymore. The older my kids get, the more involved they get. At some point when my sons are old enough to play, I'm sure I will play with them. But I mean, I remember back to our college days, we would have epic battles in MVP 05, the EA Sports baseball video game. I mean, we still have a game on hold from 2008. Yeah. Where we were at risk of being fined because we were not out of our dorm room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. When the school year ended, they were yep, like trying to get yep. us to leave and we were like, we're tied in the 12th inning or something. We like had a series going on too. And it was like probably best out of like 300. Teams were Red Sox versus Cardinals every time. Red Sox Cardinals. Because those were two of the best teams in the game that year. I do remember <laughs> that. They were like, you guys have to leave. Yeah. They were like, we have a clock. Like you're going to get fined. We're like, Fine. I guess we'll leave. Yeah. We do need to finish that game. We do. It was at some point. You might be asking yourself why I asked Rock about skiing and video games. Well, Rock's birthday was a little before Valentine's Day, and we had our Valentine's episode scheduled and recorded, so we decided to push Rock's birthday episode to today. So, Alex, tell us what movies you picked and why. (laughs) Yeah, when Rob, you asked me which two movies, immediately two movies came to mind. I guess you can call them, in some form, workplace comedies. But really, they were just movies that my buddies and I would watch all the time, over and over, never got old, still don't get old. And those are Out Cold and Grandma's Boy. Two classics and both kind of cult hits. I would say so. Just before we jump into Out Cold and Grandma's Boy, I want to give a little warning. 
to our audience. We're a family show, so I think it's only appropriate. But these movies have some adult themes in them that may not be suitable for little kids. We won't be explicitly saying certain things, but there could be some context not appropriate for young ears. It's still going to be a clean podcast, but if you don't want to have to explain to your kids what smoking weed is, maybe don't listen to this with them in the car. That's your warning, just up front. But let's get into it. Alex, what movie are you representing this week? I will be representing Out Cold. Quick summary. Some slacker ski slash snowboard instructors must battle long lost loves, hot tubs, and chat rooms to stop an (laughs) evil resort developer from probably making a profit on a place that definitely was losing a ton of money. (laughs) This movie was released November 21st, 2001. It was directed by Emmett and Brandon Malloy. So these two actually caught their break doing music videos, which, you know, makes a lot of sense when you watch this movie and all the music they included in it. Yeah. This movie was written by John Zach, budget of $24 million. Box office flop. It only brought in $14.8 million. It's unbelievable. And talking about flops, this movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 8. Oh my that gosh. That is single digits, 8. And a Google audience score of 70, which also kind of too low. This is the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score movie we've done. 8% is criminal. What does a movie have to do to get that low? Yeah, that's ridiculous. So this movie was actually um, billed as being snowboarding's answer to the teen comedy craze of the 90s. Okay, makes sense. Not well received by critics, as we've already talked about. But, you know, it's gained a cult following over the years. I always enjoy those kind of movies. May not have done well, but like over the years have gotten stronger. You see a lot of buzz about this movie on social media now. Yeah. I feel like it's just that perfect college movie that people Mm -hmm. had and watched a ton on DVD in college and just showed it to their friends. And so it's just gained that type of following. I do wonder like when it was released, November of 2001. Yeah. It's just like bad timing just with, you know, everything going on in the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's like the reason why I did bad, but I can't see why that wouldn't be a cause of less turnout to the theaters or whatever. I mean, that's typically a time reserved for Oscar push movies. And then, yeah, you add in what happened earlier that year to be releasing kind of like a teen stoner comedy. Yeah, right. This movie probably would have done way better if it was released in February. Sure. And I know they call that dumpuary and where, you know, you release movies that aren't supposed to make that much money, but it would have had a lot different of competition. And Mm -hmm. you could have played off the fact that that's like the hard of ski season true but initially this is interesting initially is actually supposed to be like a full-on 80 style r-rated comedy with the working title of hard r <laughs> which is that. hard to say it's really hard to say and does r stand for something i don't know last minute you know they changed it went to pg-13 had to cut some stuff out i mean there was talk of one of the characters was like doing coke just like a very animal house kind of setting which you kind of do see that in some of the scenes but i think it was just like a lot more of that i love this movie you love this movie a lot of people already love this movie the way it is i do think that maybe if they went that direction now this would have been a little before the r-rated comedy boom that came with like the apatow films but i do think that it possibly could have worked as an r comedy and maybe brought a little bit more cohesiveness and development into some of the characters through some of those scenes that may have been cut so possibly critics may have liked it more right right well i will be representing grandma's boy this week. Grandma's Boy is about a guy that really likes weed, video games, and Laura Croft moves in with his grandma and creates a video game, and I I don't know. It's just a hangout movie. There's not really a super plot to it, but it's funny people hanging out, doing funny things, 
Released on January 6th, 2006, directed by Nicholas Goosen, written by Barry Wernick, Alan Covert, and Nick Swartzen. Grandma's Boy had a budget of $5 million and brought in $6.6 million. Has a Rotten Tomato score of 15%. Wow. But a Google audience score of 91%. That's better. Grandma's Boy has made over $50 million, though, in DVD sales. And the former CEO of Blockbuster Video actually told writer and star Nick Swartzen that Grandma's Boy was one of the most stolen movies of all time because people would rent it and never return it. (laughs) So you could view both of these movies as what some people would call stoner movies, movies that deal a lot with people that enjoy doing the occasional recreational drug usage. Rock and I are not recreational drug users. However, we can appreciate the hilarity in many of these so-called stoner movies. So we're going to do a quick draft stoner movies. Alex, since it's your birthday episode, I will grant you with the gift of going first. Oh, sweet. We'll do four each because Alex will already have Out Cold. I will already have Grandma's Boy and we'll go from there. Ready? Go. First pick, I'm going to take Super Troopers made by Broken Lizard. That's an all-timer. What's your favorite line in that movie? The schnozberries taste like yeah, schnozberries. Good... <laughs> so many. Meow, do you know how fast you were going? Yeah. I am going to take Dazed and Confused. Mm. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Old friend, Matty M. Our boy, Matty M. What's he coming on? You met him. You should have asked. I should have. I, I froze. I froze. And then I will take Half-Baked, the Dave Chappelle masterpiece, and Jim Brewer. I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do. He always looks stoned. All right, my next pick, there's a story behind this. I'm going to take Superbad. And the reason oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take Superbad is, I don't know if you remember this, Rob. When this movie came out, you know, it came out on DVD. That was, that was back when that was the only option to watch a movie. There's no streaming or anything like that. And on our floor in our dorm, someone got the copy of this. And every night it made its way down the hall. And we were at the <laughs> yep. end of the hall and we finally got it. And we watched yep. it together. Yep. <laughs> and it was fun. We enjoyed it very much. But we waited so long to get that DVD. That was a fun time. I will also take Friday. The reason I'm going to take this one the first time i saw this i was way too young i was up (laughs) in middle of nowhere canada visiting my relatives and my cousins were watching it and i was like oh what are we watching i learned a lot of things that day (laughs) yeah you did that was a big day all right i am going to take jay and silent bob strike back purely for the fact that james vanderbeek is so funny as himself in his little cameo (laughs) in this and then they do the goodwill hunting two hunting season scene Which is so funny. And then I will follow that up with Knocked Up Purely for the Line from Paul Rudd that says, Marriage is like a tense, unfunny version of Everybody Loves Raymond. Only it doesn't last 22 minutes. It lasts forever. (laughs) I love Paul Rudd. All right, last pick. I'm going to take The Big Lebowski. This is a Coen Brothers classic. The Dude. Ready to get into this? Let's do it. I think this is going to be close. This is going to be really close. This is an interesting one. All right, round one. Best cast. So Jason London stars as our hero in Out Cold. He plays Rick Rambis. James Franco auditioned for this role. Oh, interesting. It's funny. I read an interview with the directors and they were talking up every person that was in the movie and they were asked about Jason London and they were kind of like, yeah, he was fine. Yeah. I thought he was good in the movie. He probably didn't draw a lot of people. No. You know, I looked at his IMDb page and there's not too much that stands out. Dazed and confused, right? Yeah. AJ Cook plays Jenny. 
She actually went on to have a very successful career on Criminal Minds. She was good. I liked her character. I did too. Zach Galifianakis plays Luke, one of his earliest roles. You watch this knowing, like, oh, it's Zach Galifianakis. And, you know, sometimes people just, their charisma and their humor, they jump off the screen. And yeah. you can tell watching this, like, oh, yeah, he was, was destined to be the Zach Galifianakis. He is one of those people that no matter what he says or does, it's hilarious. Yeah. He doesn't even need to try it. Like, you ever watch Between Two Ferns? Yeah. Where I know it's like a he's playing a character i don't know how anyone can make it through any of those with him because everything he does is so funny he's so funny david denman is back friend of the pod he's everyone knows him as roy from the office Uh, he plays lance the bartender his speech at the end is such a good funny part of this movie and we can break down his character a little bit later but when he starts talking and then everyone cuts him off and they're like yeah we know it's cool like we know you're gay it's fine and then he goes into this whole thing about i was like well i was just gonna say that i was adopted but (laughs) now that we're on the subject i don't know the way that he delivers that it's another thing it's like yeah he's great like he's a great actor it's it's really funny he's so funny i love him another friend of the pod thomas len is back again we love thomas lennon he plays eric you also have lee majors who plays john majors he is the you know big time investors coming in it's gonna kind of change the whole look of bull mountain where the ski resort is did you notice when he pulled up he had a vanity license plate that said snowbiz which is very stallone like it is very stallone like except (laughs) yeah stallone's wouldn't have been spelled right no but he flew in to alaska how did he have a vehicle with a vanity license i mean when you got money thing you know you just make things happen that's true david keckner another office guy he plays stumpy he's always around he's kind of like the handyman and he just will tell people stories when they don't really care to listen i actually don't love the parts of the movie that he's in i feel like it takes you out of it however i find some of the parts that he's in to be really funny if like that makes sense right yeah like he could have been one of those people like he might have had a lot of scenes that were cut when they went from r down to (laughs) pg-13 it wouldn't surprise me did you notice at the end when they're causing all the chaos, he steals something from one of like the food vendors. Mm-hmm. And when he's running away, he says, stop thief. <laughs> he yells it about himself. That was not scripted, I'm sure. No, but it's so funny. I wouldn't be surprised if all of his lines were unscripted. Like he was just that kind of character. Yeah. All right, jumping into Grandma's Boy, we have got a lot of Adam Sandler guys in this movie. So we have Alan Covert, he stars in this as Alex. Linda Cardellini as Samantha. She's in so much, and she's so good in everything she does. She actually plays two Marvel characters. Did you know that, Alex? Two Marvel characters? I yeah. don't know. She plays Laura Barton, that's Hawkeye's wife, oh, and she's okay. a agent in her own right. And she yes. was the voice of Lila, one of the animal characters in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. She oh. also plays the infamous Lauren in Boy Meets World. Do you remember Lauren? I do, at the ski lodge. Lauren kissed Corey. I remember when that episode came out, watching it with my sisters, because we had seen the trailer from the week before. We're like, something crazy is going to happen on Boy Meets World. She was in four episodes. Yeah, that was shocking. She comes down to Philly, which we're not going to talk about on this podcast, but I don't know how she ended up knowing exactly where he lived, but yeah. She also is in the show Dead to Me, which is really popular, and she was Velma in the Scooby movie. Yeah, so that's right. She's huge. We have Peter Dante as Dante the drug dealer. So quick story about Peter Dante. So Adam Sandler likes to film a lot of his movies in Massachusetts. And he filmed Grown Ups 2 
in and around Marblehead. So Krista and I used to walk around Marblehead all the time. She lived there before we got married. Alex will know what I'm talking about, but for our listeners, Marblehead has like the town and then they have a bridge that takes you out to an isolated part. It's like really huge mansions and you can walk like a nice little loop. It's called The Neck. It's actually where we got engaged. So Grown Ups 2 was filming in one of the huge houses. So we're walking around The Neck and as we're walking past this house, Peter Dante, and I'm pretty sure it was Alan Covert and Jonathan Lofren, another guy in the movie, were just like chilling, sitting in chairs right on the edge of the property. And so we walked past and I just like yelled out to him and waved and they all like waved back. They were so pretty cool. cool guys. That's awesome. We've got Doris Roberts back. She's back she again. She plays the grandma and this might be my favorite thing that she's done <laughs> she's, she's so a good in character in this <laughs> she's so funny i like her way more in this than in everybody loves raymond yeah and obviously way more than her role in christmas vacation she's yeah. really good in this she's likable and she's so believable as a grandma too she has so many good lines, but I love when she's trying to convince Alex to move in with them. And she's like, just so you know, Sophie left us two weeks ago. So her room is available if you need it. Alex says, oh, where's Sophie moved to? And she says, heaven. Heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have got Nick Swartzen as Jeff. He is elite in this movie. He's, he's so funny. He's got his race car bed. He keeps calling his parents his roommates. I love that. This is like prime Nick Swartzen time too. He had his best like stand-up hour come out around this time. That's the stand-up special where he has the bit about his grandma. I don't know yes. if you've ever listened to that. but Yeah, with the milk. Yes. If you're listening to this and you haven't listened, just Google Nick Swartzen grandmom stand-up. Uh, I think it's called like old people. It's really, really funny. I love after he hooks up with one of the older roommates, uh, mm-hmm. that's Shirley Jones plays that person. <laughs> he says to her, you were my first. And she says, you were my 3000s. <laughs> so Alex, I did some math here. You did some, all right, let's hear I it. I did some math here. Let's right? hear it. Let's say Jones was 80. Sure. We'll be a little generous. Let's say she started being sexually active at 18. So that's 62 years of getting after it. And she was with 3000 something. So that's on average 49 people a year. Wow. Good for her. I don't even know if I like speak to 49 people in a year. That's like once a week. Yeah. Well, someone different every week. We have Joel David Moore as JP, the self-proclaimed genius bad guy. <laughs> the first time we meet JP, the way that he is standing, it is so perfect. He's got his like one foot pointed yep. in and like you could just tell he's such a nerd. He's so awkward. Joel David Moore, he's in the Avatar movies. Mm-hmm. He was also in Dodgeball. That's right. Uh, his first rambling meeting with Samantha is really funny when he's like, I didn't need school. All I ever cared about were video games and they've made me a millionaire. So maybe I don't know what the Civil War was. And then just like randomly, he's like, I'm thinking about getting metal legs. It's a risky operation, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> and she wasn't even listening to him because she was like, what's going on in the break room? And he's just like talking about his metal legs. So good. JP stealing the one character's idea. It was a really good call in the writing of this movie to make him even more hateable. And then it kind of foreshadows what's to come. And the thing about him, we got to talk about it. He speaks and acts like a robot at different points in the movie. Yes. So in Dodgeball, he can actually be seen wearing a t-shirt that says, I heart robots, which is kind of funny. Oh, I love that. Then we have a young Jonah Hill in this movie. Jonah Hill, yes. I mean, he doesn't have that many lines, but another one of those guys, you like see him, you're like, oh yeah, he's going to be. Yeah. He's going to be a star. Yeah. 
We have a great David Spade cameo. He's the waiter at the vegan restaurant <laughs> yeah. that they're at. And when he snaps on them, it's so good. We literally can't repeat any of it on this episode. Look it up. It's so funny. Except when Samantha was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he goes, you were sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. That was so good. Yeah. Then we have Rob Schneider. He's in the opening scene. He is Yori, the landlord. Mm-hmm. When he throws the bomb at them, <laughs> so he throws it. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, just like was that an expensive piece?" Yeah, yeah it's, it's really funny. All right, Alex, what kind of Seinfeld or Friends connections do we have? We have a few, and then I have a little little wrinkle. So Thomas Lennon, we've talked about in the past. He's from Out Cold. Appeared on Friends. Willie Garson plays Ted. Uh, he's also appears on Friends. Rob Schneider from Grandma's Boy is in an episode of Seinfeld, which is a great episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I want to make one more connection. I thought this was pretty interesting. So AJ Cook, she plays Jenny. She went on to be on Criminal Minds, and she was on like 300-something episodes of Criminal oh, Minds. Because wow. that show's been on. I don't even know if it's still on, but it was on forever. Jason London actually appeared in an episode of Criminal Minds. So they're kind of reunited, which I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. And then Nick Swartzen's character's mom from Grandma's Boy, she appeared on an episode of Criminal Minds as well. Wow. All right. So there's a connection today as Criminal Minds. All right. Which cast stands out to you? This is a really interesting one because you have a mix of like these up and coming stars and like these actors that have been around forever in both movies. You, know, you talk about like Lee Majors, Six Million Dollar Man is in Out Cold. And then you have Shirley Knight and Doris Roberts are in Grandma's Boy. Both of these guys are, are loaded. Yeah. I think I lean more towards Grandma's Boy, though. Just like thinking of the star power that they were able to pull for this. Yeah. Obviously, you look at, you know, Lee Majors, huge star. Zach Galifianakis would go on to be a mega star. But you look at Grandma's Boy, David Spade, Jonah Hill. Rob Schneider. Even like John David Moore being in two mm-hmm. Avatar movies. Like, yeah. The Avatar movies are the highest grossing movies of all time. Or at least the first yeah. one is. Yeah. Linda Cardellini. It's close, but I, I lean Grandma's Boy. It's very close, but I think just a mix of like who would go on to be big and who was already big is like... There's just more. There's more characters that carry some more weight in Grandma's Boy. Yeah. All right. We will give this one to Grandma's Boy. Heading into round two, Better Moments. I mean, just like right off the bat, the first scene, like after the opening credits, when they do the King of the Mountain annual tradition, and I don't know, it's just a fun scene where like, you know, everyone at the end of a long day, because they all work at the mountain, and then the locals are there, so good camaraderie and some fun snowboarding scenes. It's a good scene. There's a few scenes in this movie that really display the director's music video background, and this is one of them. Definitely. Just their use of music, too, throughout, and we'll talk about that later on, but they do a good job with, with yeah, those kind of like action scenes and like adding in some music. And then after that scene, this is where you kind of get to know Rick and Jenny's dynamic a little bit. So he walks her back to her place. And then when he's like, oh, you still want to hook up? She's like, you got to try harder. And then he like, so still want to hook up. <laughs> it's one of my personal favorite lines from this movie. I thought it was really clever writing. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And you, yeah, and you get to see kind of like their friends, like what's their deal? Well, I think she wanted to be more, but she wasn't willing to compromise. Exactly. Playing second fiddle, which I respect. No, I absolutely. I respect her in this movie all yeah. the way through. Yeah. And then, you know, you got all of Zach Galifianakis's basically any scene he's in is like a prank on him because he drinks too much. 
Yeah. He passes out and then they do stuff to him. Those are great scenes. I believe the first one is the he passes out. They put him outside overnight with his pants down and then they probably cover him in honey, peanut butter. Who knows? Yeah, something. And he gets woken up to a polar bear cleaning that up off of him in unmentionable area. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, he's just like... <laughs> He gets away. He's like, oh, good boy. Oh, good girl. <laughs> he has to change into a girl. <laughs> Love that. Such a good line. And then like a little bit later, he asks, he's like, can you get an STD from a polar bear? <laughs> oh, so good. I think my favorite one is when he passes out again and they put him in the car. Pigpen, his brother, gets in the shotgun and then a few of the guys get in the back and then the other guys spin the car around in a circle and it's, it's on ice. So the car's yeah. spinning around and then they start screaming and Zach Galifianakis is in the driver's seat. So he wakes up and he thinks that the car's out of control. So he's like trying to grab the wheel and then he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Like, and they start laughing and he figures out he's the butt of the joke. So then he grabs Pigpen's head and slams, <laughs> slams it onto the horn. <laughs> His reactions to Pigpen when he just keeps like beating him up I love is that. so good. I love that. Yeah, their their relationship is very funny. Zach Galifianakis treats Pigpen like he's dumb and he's like, oh, yeah, I was always looking out for you. But he's the one that's always passing out and like, yeah, yeah. his brother's there to like clean up his mess. So, you know, we've talked about Jenny and like what's the deal with her and Rick. And really the problem with Rick is that he met this girl years before named Anna on vacation. And like he's still hung up on her, even though it's a very short relationship. What's the name of the place they met at? Pedro Horny's. Yep. Yep. There it is. Yep. That's right. A very classy watering hole. Yeah. Of the famous O'Horny's chain. Yes. He's kind of given the backstory of like, who is this girl? And like, so it's a flashback and Island of the Sun by Weezer on that's like their song and i never realized that they were doing the lady in the tramp thing with the tequila worm oh yeah when i realized it i was really grossed out that's pretty gross yeah it's just a good scene but that also has another just classic line papa much wanted you to run this mountain yeah carpe the diem seize the car <laughs> and then later rick is like yeah i think i'm supposed to seize the carp or something <laughs> like he's talking to someone else about it it's so very good. confused <laughs> one of the other i think one of the like one of the better scenes there's something mentioned earlier in the movie where they're like oh have you ever been on one of those chat rooms like just for girls like yeah it gets pretty steamy and so thomas lennon's character and then Pigpen. Yep. Kind of overhear that earlier. So then they're both in this chat room, but they're talking to each other, both pretending to be girls. So Thomas Lennon is pretending to be a girl named Chloe. Yes. And Pigpen is pretending to be a girl named Sally. Do you want to just read this? Yeah. This is a partial transcription yeah. of their internet chat with each other. Yeah, they show some like screenshots of what they're talking about. And it's like, you think it's going to be like really scandalous, but it's really yeah. not. Like, Typically, I would just play the clip, but since yeah. they don't actually say it. That's right. You that's have to right. read it. So Alex and I will read it. So okay. do you want to play Chloe or Sally? I'll be Chloe. So you're going to be the Thomas Lennon and I'll be Pigpen. This is their chat, so I'm Chloe. Chloe says, hi, Sally. Tell me what you look like. I'm five foot three and 105 pounds and huge eyes. Mmm, you sound delicious. Winky face emoji. Tell me a secret. <laughs> I set my brother on fire once. <laughs> Which is funny because he's clearly talking about Zach Galifianakis' character, and it's probably true. It's probably true. Oh, and then Chloe says, I think you're setting me on fire. Awesome. Yes, you're good. So good. Awesome. <laughs> I'm taking off my clothes. Damn it. Don't stop. Stop what? What am I doing? Oh. Oh, my God. Yes. It's time. It's time. This rules. <laughs> That's it. And that's it. 
and then it just zooms out and you see Thomas Lennon just sitting there pantsless. Oh man. It's it's ridiculous. It's set with this great music behind it. I mean, that was definitely of the time. This was back like early internet days. So that joke works way better back in late 90s, early 2000s than it does now. But for us that grew up during that time period, that joke still hits hard. It's so funny. Oh my goodness. I laughed so hard. I I really did. I still do. Even thinking about it. I I love the don't stop. Stop what? What am I doing? (laughs) He's just, he's so dumb. He's so clueless with his toothpick. He's chewing his toothpick. Oh, I love that. Okay, let me talk about some of the scenes from Grandma's Boy. So the first break room gaming scene is so good. They had a recurring bit where people would challenge each other at a different video game, and the first one's really good. That's uh, also one of the classic lines from this movie, where once JP walks in, they start giving him a hard time. Wow, JP, that is a great outfit. How much do clothes cost in the Matrix? (laughs) Because he's just wearing, like, the leather trench coat. He looks like Neo. Yeah, he looks exactly like Neo. That's also the first time you see him do the robot. Hey, Samantha, don't take the red pill. (laughs) (laughs) Adios, turd nuggets. (laughs) And they're all like, uh, okay. So then Swarson brings up the bathroom incident between Alex and his mom, which we are not going to break down that scene here, but it's really, really funny. Can't sleep, sees a Laura Croft action figure doll, does something in the bathroom. Nick Swartz's mom walks in. This is unfortunate timing. I love when he's like, I can't stop. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Anyway. So Swartzen brings up that incident, and then uh, someone else calls him out on it, and Alex says to him, how many people did you tell about the incident with me and your mom? And you're, like, expecting Swartzen <laughs> yeah. to say, like, I don't know. He's like, 13, maybe. 13, yeah. <laughs> Such a specific number. Also, I really like Alex's first night staying at his grandmom. So he gets, like, the home-cooked meal, all the food. He's, like, so happy about it. And then he goes to sleep in their roommate who died the room he asks his grandma he's like she didn't die and points to like the bed and she's like yeah. no 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 honey she died on the floor right there yeah. <laughs> and so he's sleeping then he just hears this voice it's like a ghost voice like i died on the floor and nobody helped me and he's like freaking out and then he's like oh it's so cold when you're dead <laughs> He's like, I swear, I would have helped you, Sophie. Please don't kill me. I would have helped you. I just was. And then it ends up being his grandma playing oh, a prank man. on him, which so funny. is so funny. I love the break room dance dance revolution scene between Nick Swartz mm-hmm. and one of the other testers. He acts like he's never played the game before. It had like just come in, right? Like, yeah. Like, he's like, when did we get dance dance revolution? So the guy goes first and he's like, guess your reign is over. And he's like, yeah, you know, and then he just goes and he's just tearing it up. He's dominating. Yeah. And so the game ends and. Woo! That game is fun! God! A new high score! What does high score mean? New high score, is that bad? What does that mean? Should I break it? I like when Alex's grandma and her roommates visit Alex at work. All the double entendres. His co-workers don't know that he's living with his grandma. They think he's just living with these three chicks. That's what he keeps describing yeah. as. And then yeah. he keeps saying he can't get his work done and he's so tired because these chicks he's living with are just keeping him up all night. And So then his grandma shows up with her two roommates and they're like, oh, these are the chicks that Alex has yeah. been living with? So first they're like shocked because they're older ladies. But all the double entendres in that scene are so funny. Swartzen's character is like, you're the reason Alex 
Alex has been tired all week. We have been sort of rough on him, but he is kind of soft, if you know what I mean. Well, we're not used to having a man in the house, so I guess we ride him pretty hard. And they're like, oh, that is gnarly. Could you please just give him his lunch and tell him that I've had so much fun playing with his new toy all morning? And then, like, obviously everything gets cleared up at the end of that scene. Alex shows up. But for that brief moment, it's really, really funny. I love that. I know. I love that he's, like, too embarrassed to say that he's living with his grandmother. Yeah. Who's like the sweetest person on earth. This is a tough one to decide on because they both have some really funny moments. What's your thoughts? Just like recapping these, like we're still laughing about them. And like how cold has some like (laughs) that. I mean, that chat room scene is just so funny. All the pranks are so funny. The thing that stands out to me about Grandma's Boy, though, it's pretty much start to finish funny. Yeah. Where out cold, you know, they mix in like the, you know, the background, the love story, then like the drama with like the guy coming in to purchase the mountain, some real actual life events that are happening. Whereas grandma's boy is just like, they're hanging out being funny together. Yeah. So to me, like some of these scenes, they might not necessarily the funniest scenes, like the out cold may have like one or two of the funniest scenes, but like, I just think there's more, more volume. I would agree. It's almost like it's a home run hitter versus a contact hitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Out Cold hits some home runs with a few scenes that are just really good. But Grandma's Boy consistently there's funny parts in every scene. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. So we will go Grandma's Boy takes a two to nothing lead heading into round three. Better title or soundtrack. We've kind of talked about a little bit out cold with the directors coming from music video background, which is why a lot of the music in the movie is appropriate. It works. It's awesome. But I think we need to take a minute or 20 to talk about Anytime by Eve Six. Oh, my gosh. As the opening song. Can I first state that it is a crime that Spotify does not have this song? It's blacked out. I know. This song was written for Out Cold. The lyrics and all that are about kind of like Rick's story here. But I agree. I know. This is a very hard song to find. It is. You got to like YouTube it. It's a perfect song for the opening scene of this movie. It is like a music video. It's yeah, basically a music video that has yeah. snowboarding action shots in the background. It may be the best opening song ever. It's up there. Top five. Easily. It just sets the tone for the movie so well, and it's still a banger today. Yeah, we've talked about it. We can't stop listening to it now. You watch this movie and you're like, oh, that song. That's right. And like Eve 6 was pretty big. I mean, they weren't like most popular band, but they had some big songs. This is their best song by far, and you can't find it anywhere. I know. It's crazy. I think you know this about me. I'm a huge Jack Johnson fan, mm. and I forgot that he was so heavily There's featured. So, I did too. There's so many Jack Johnson songs. Apparently, the directors were friends with him, and that's how they got his songs yeah, in this right. movie. They played Flake. Fittingly, when Rick doesn't show up for dinner, yeah. he flakes out. Might be a little on the nose, yeah. but it was good. But anytime I can hear some Jack Johnson, I'm oh, happy about it. Some of the songs, too, are even demos. Like he, They weren't even like his full songs yet. They were just yeah. like, hey, we're going to like <laughs> we're gonna help you out here. We're going to put your songs in the movie. And yeah. they work. You know, like, oh, it's not yeah. like, uh, we'll do you a favor. And it's like terrible music. No, he's so good. I mean, he's a surfer, but it fits in a snowboarding movie, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it has very similar vibes. So besides any time, I say maybe one A song in this movie is Island in the Sun by Weezer. Yeah. I love Weezer. This is the song that played when Rick met Anna 
And then when it turns out that her stepdad is the guy buying the mountain and she comes and visits the mountain, doesn't know that Rick's going to be there, but then sees Zach Galifianakis and was like, oh, wait, does that mean Rick's here? She makes him put the song <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. And I love his reaction that whole time. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and he puts on like the wrong song and yeah. finally like caves. And then, you know, Rick comes out and he's like, I told you never to play that song. And it's her. And, like, that's the reason why he doesn't want to hear that song is because of her. That's a funny scene. Yeah, it is a great scene. That's good. I love that. Top to bottom. The music is just a plus. It's a perfect movie soundtrack. It is. For the type of movie it is. Yeah, it's really absolutely. Good. Yeah. Grandma's Boy. I mean, it has songs in it. I don't know. None really stand out to me. It does have a closing song titled Grandma's Boy, which <laughs> recaps the movie basically and it is good you can't find that on spotify either but you can youtube it and it's that's actually a really good song too but yeah i mean i don't none of the other songs stood out to me me neither that was really yeah (laughs) it wasn't music really wasn't the thing it was like techno it was a lot of techno like house yeah yeah music uh where do you think the title out cold come from i feel like out cold the one meaning that comes to mind is like you're like unconscious like knocked out yeah yeah, just like Zach Galifianakis in the whole movie or just like out cold, like you're out in the like they're literally out. Yeah, they're literally out in the, cold. in the cold. It fits like I don't have an issue with it. I don't. It's not like my favorite movie title ever, but I I think it's a pretty good movie title. I think it's a good movie title for sure. Yeah. Grandma's Boy was originally titled Nana's Boy. And at one point, Alex is called Nana's Boy, but they changed it to Grandma's Boy. I don't know why. I, I mean, I get it. Grandma's Boy is kind of a better title than Nana's Boy. But yeah then he should have been called grandma's boy in the movie. Yeah. The fact that they didn't call him grandma's boy. I'm going to, I got to take points off for that. I will say both titles are much better than hard R. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't even a debate, Alex. It's not a debate. Out cold is a good title, but the soundtrack is perfect. Yep. We're giving this one to out cold. Agreed. Two to one heading into round four plot holes, cringiness, random questions. For movies that are not well reviewed by critics, there aren't a ton of plot holes. Yeah, you're right. Let me talk about just a few of the things I pulled out from Out Cold. In the polar bear scene, when Zach Galifianakis is naked, left out overnight in the Alaskan snow, and then in the hot tub scene where he is wet, left in a empty hot tub in the Alaskan cold overnight. He would have died, right? Hypothermia, frozen to death. Absolutely. There's no question. Also, with the hot tub, I still, I've never understood this. How was he still stuck? I will try to describe this as appropriately as I can. Yeah, let's hear it. So he was hooking up with a lady. They were just like kissing. She leaves. He thought they were going to do a little bit more. His body was anticipating them doing something more. Yes. He saw a sign that says, do not insert anything into the hot tub jets. He decides to ignore that sign and stick a part of his body into the hot tub jet. Yes. Then he accidentally hits the drain hot tub button. So he gets sucked into the hot tub jet. Correct. However, the hot tub fully drains. We see him the next morning. He's still stuck. Yep. How is he still stuck? One, he wouldn't still be in the same form that he was in. Correct. That would have loosened up. Two, once the water is fully drained, I don't think it's still sucking anymore, is it? I don't imagine it would. So how is he still stuck? I don't know. And then Jenny sees him and is like, oh, you need help. And she goes and gets David Koechner, so Stumpy. And then he's like, oh, it's just a matter of physics, contraction and all that or whatever. And he gets yeah. snow. So thinking, you know, cold things shrink. Yeah. And he packs that in. But wouldn't he have already been shrunk? 
That's what I would have thought. Out in the cold all night. I would have thought out of anything, it would have been he would have been frozen to it. Yeah, that, but that wasn't what it was. But then snow would not help melt no. ice. Those are my plot holes. They don't actually involve the plot at all. Cringiness. They say the R word a ton. Way too much. I mean, one is, as we've said many times, one is too many. This is way yeah, too many. No. They also say the F word, the derogatory slur for a person of certain preference. Sure. It always just stands out to me when I hear yeah. it. Yeah. Even yeah. like you didn't hear that that much during this time. Like this was when it started fading out. I yes, think. rightly so. I'm not taking any points away. It's just like it, those things stands out. Yeah, definitely. The Lance character. So he's a closeted gay man who tries to pretend like he's not. I don't think he's problematic. I think he has some really funny lines. My mm-hmm. only issue was at the end when he finally comes out, they all stick their hand up together and then he does like the limp wrist thing. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a joke that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think his character is, yeah, it's it's so obvious like who his character is. Yeah. But he is like so convinced that he's like hiding it so well. Yeah, and yeah. then they're just like, if you weren't, you'd be a really weird dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so perfect. Yeah. What's that line he says that? Yeah. Yeah, so when they're talking about Jenny, yeah, and he's just like, man, if I was her, I would be doing every dude on this mountain. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you think about it, and you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Like, yeah, I know. It's I don't have a problem with this character. I think if they had a redo, they probably just don't do that scene ending. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Random questions. They really rallied all those people fast for the King of the Mountain. Oh, we're, we're traveled fast, man. The King of the Mountain rules are weird. Yes. So the rules they say in the movie, it's the first one to the statue with the most beer wins. So technically, you could come in last place, but have the most beer and still win. Like Anthony, he can't ski or snowboard and he falls like right away. Yeah. He could have like scooched down and he would have won technically. Yeah. yeah. Also, so Rick wins it, but right before he gets to the statue, they show him doing a backflip and all yeah, the beer all the pulls beer. out yeah, of yeah. his mug. And his mouth is open. The thing is, like, he drinks it and he keeps his mouth. So when he gets to the bottom, he spits it out and everyone's like, oh, like you had it the whole time. But yeah, continuity. Lastly, at the end, Anna is locked in a car so she can't help with, you know, whatever they were trying to accomplish at the end. How do you lock somebody in a car from the outside? You can lock back doors like with a child lock, but yeah, but she was in the front seat. But yeah, you can't do that. Like she could have just unlocked it anyway. That's all I got. So, I mean, not not really too much. All right. So grandma's boy, Samantha. So she's the, you know, the big wig from New York that they bring in to like help push the video game, like get the deadline. So she like is introduced as like, you know, she's very serious. She's very like not strict, but like she's like, yeah, get to work. Like you got to hit these deadlines. Like this is my job. It's whatever. But then like she goes out with them. You know, she gets hammered. They're doing karaoke, doing some suggestive dance moves and songs. And this was all over the span of like a week. Oh, it was a, it was like a week. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think someone in her position is acting like that that fast with people that work under her. And also, does she just live there now? Yeah, yeah I they guess. They brought her in, I guess, temporarily. Like, is she like a contract worker who just like, this is her thing? Like, she's a consultant? Yeah, her job was interesting. We brought her in from New York, and then she's just there. If that was set now, she would just be zooming in. We would all be. Yeah, it would not. It would not work the same way. No. So the big like conflict in the movie is that Alex on the side is developing his own video game. He's a tester for his job, but he's also developing and designing his own game on the side. And then he lets his grandma play it at home. Just kind of like she's like his user testing group. 
And then JP comes over one night and, you know, they have like a little conversation heart to heart. And then he sees the game and he's like, oh, wow, this game's awesome. Like, where did you get it? You know, I made it. He's like, this is amazing. I could take it home, give you some notes. And then he pitches the game as his own game. And Alex is like, that's my game. They're like, do you have any proof? And he's like, no. Yeah. But he does have proof. He had the he had the sketchbook where he was drawing the logo and stuff for it. Yep. He could have easily been like, yeah, like, look, Demonic, that's my game. Well, but also, granted, I've never designed a video game, but I don't think you're just building a game on one disc. I don't think that's even possible. Wouldn't you save it on like a hard drive and then like. Yeah, like he had to have had proof through his computer, whatever they were using to build the game. 100%. I mean, I like the ending, how the grandma comes and like saves the day because she beats JP at the game. But I just don't think it ever gets to that. Yeah, it was a little sloppy, I think, how they got there. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some cringy stuff. So we talked about Rob Schneider's character. Uh, he plays Yuri. Just like with the accent he's doing, like, was that necessary? Rob Schneider did that a bunch in early movies where he just played a lot of characters of different ethnicities. And Rob Schneider's just a white dude. Yeah, he's... A little problematic, but his scenes were still funny. <laughs> they were funny. Also, this movie is like just all product placement, vitamin water, Xbox, Steel Reserve, Red Stripe, a bunch of beer. Yeah. I mean, obviously, video game company. They had like the vending machines in the background too, the break room. and they Even when they went to the vegan place, they only had vitamin waters to choose from. Yeah, right. Which is very weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Some random questions. Do you think it was possible for him to do all those chores in three hours? No, no. The clock goes off at 6 a.m. He says, I don't have to be at work for three hours. And then they put him through like a week's worth of chores. They're all like the, you know, the typical like paint the house and like. Yeah, he painted the house in three hours. Yeah. While doing everything else. Also, Nick Swartzen, when he's playing Dance Dance Revolution, <laughs> obviously does not add up to what he's actually. It's not he's even, even looking at the screen. He was like looking up at the ceiling. Yeah, it's really funny. But yeah. no, here's my biggest question. How bad do you think the break room smelled at that office? It's just all dudes eating Funyuns and drinking yeah. Mountain Dews. And... Yeah, it definitely smelled bad. Were there any women that worked there? Besides Linda Cardellini's character? Who no, I don't in. think no. so. <laughs> and then Kevin Nielsen was the, I'm guessing he's like the CEO of the company. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like... <laughs> very earthy crunchy so he probably smelled kind of funky too yeah like i said uh, neither of these movies had huge plot holes out cold's plot holes really had nothing to do with the plot grandma's boy the biggest one did have something to do with the ending and like really the main conflict of the movie so yeah. i feel like we have to give this one to out cold because yeah. it just was slightly less holy plot holy i think so too i don't know I, I think probably a little cringier for out cold just like certain things that just do not hold up in 2024 but i think to your point more of like the plot hole stuff as related to the actual plot i think you gotta go out cold so we are two to two heading into round five our miscellaneous question of the week what would be a better job to be a video game tester or a ski slash snowboard instructor Video game offices always look so cool in movies and TV. Do you think that's actually true? I don't know anybody that works for vi any video game companies. No, I don't either. Or even like tech companies. They probably get some cool parks in there. I'm thinking of this movie. I'm thinking of Mythic Quest, which is by the It's Always Sunny guy. Yep. It always looks like such a cool, fun yeah. place to, to work. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Similar. That show reminds me a lot of Grandma's Boy with yeah, you know, it does. the characters. and On the flip side, 
Ski towns are awesome. Yep. They just seem like a really fun place to be. Here's where I think I land on this. I think playing video games for a living would consistently be great. I think having to deal with all the layers and the constant coldness of a ski town and being a ski snowboard instructor would probably drain on me a little bit. Also, my kids recently watched the live action remake of 101 Dalmatians, which was from like the mid to late 90s. And they changed the occupation of the dad in that movie. He was a songwriter in the original. And in the live action remake, they made him a video game designer. (laughs) Well, there you go. So if I'm picking, I'm going with video game designer. What about you? Yeah, I think I would probably do the same. Get early access to games, which is kind of cool. Ski towns, they do sound cool. It's like, you know, you're on the slopes all day or whatever. It's cold. But then you like you go to the bar with your buddies and like throw back a beer. But yeah, man, the cold. I mean, there's a reason I moved away from Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm leaning video game tester. OK, video game tester and grandma's boy takes round five. Heading into round six. Better trivia. The character of Barry. So Barry is Anna's fiance that we learn about. He is played by Todd Richards, who is actually a professional snowboarder. And he was a member of the 1998 U.S. Olympic snowboarding team. So definitely the most capable (laughs) snowboarder on the cast, even though in the film he is in a wheelchair because he's paralyzed from the waist down. So the car that Kane, that's Kelvin Yu's character, that's the guy that JP stole his idea. The car that he drove is a heavily modified Toyota Supra and was featured in Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, Anna wears an OSI windbreaker, OSI standing for the Office of Scientific Intelligence. That was the employer of Lee Majors character in the Six Million Dollar Man, Steve Austin, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool connection. That is cool. So during the climactic video game scene, JP attempts to insult Lily, that's Alex's grandma, Doris Roberts, by telling her that murder she wrote is on. Doris Roberts, who played Lily, actually appeared on two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) Of course she did. They also make a douche Bigelow, Deuce Bigelow joke earlier in the movie, which Deuce Bigelow starred Rob Schneider, who was in this movie as well. And anytime movies make jokes about other projects that actors that are in it have been in, like my mind explodes and I love it. It means it's, it's, yeah, it, it exists in the universe. Yeah. I love it. This is a connection you would probably not see coming, but Out Cold is loosely based on the movie Casablanca. Oh, okay. There's a couple like little Easter eggs in there. So for one thing, Rick says he has a quote. He says, of all the bars and all the ski towns in Alaska, which is just a riff on of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world from Casablanca. Anna plays the song we talked about when she makes Luke put Island in the Sun on. Yeah. Sam and Casablanca does this. Okay. And then finally, in one of the closing scenes, Anna gets on the plane and then Rick says, we'll always have Pedro O'Hornies. <laughs> which is a direct reference to Humphrey Bogart's famous saying, we'll always have Paris. And then he's also wearing the same suit that Rick Blaine wears. Wow, I like that. So Adam Sandler, whose Happy Madison company produced Grandma's Boy, was on the set a few times and actually came up with the line in the opening scene when they're talking back and forth about how Alex's original roommate spent all of his money on hookers and screams at them, you're a hooker. (laughs) 
<laughs> which when I heard it, I was like, that's a very Adam Sandler type mm-hmm. line. And apparently it's because Sandler actually came up with that line when he was on set. That's great. The movie also changes the Happy Madison logo quote. So, you know, when movies play before, it's always like the production company. They have their mm-hmm. typically for Happy Madison. That's actually Adam Sandler's father. They hit a golf ball. It like cracks the screen. And usually he says terrific. But in this movie, he says, oh, boy, which I don't really know the significance of it, but thought I'd point it out. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, that's not the right thing. No. But no, then I just not. like forgot about it. So I'm glad you brought it up again because it was like bugging me, but I didn't realize it was bugging me. And then also the opening credits feature the old video game Galaga, which another Sandler movie, Pixels, heavily uses as a plot point. Mm. Those are what I got. Nice. I would have to say I really like the Murder, She Wrote, Doris Roberts part, but you could cancel that out with Anna wearing the OSI windbreaker mm-hmm. in reference to the $6 million man. So then I think it comes down to Sandler's connections versus Al Cold being based loosely on Casablanca. And I just think it's a little bit more interesting that a movie like Out Cold would try to reference Casablanca. Exactly. You never see it coming. No. They're not forced. You know, they work really well. Yeah. So I'll give this one to Alcold. I mean, just for we'll, we'll always have Pedro O'Hornies. I mean, like to be able to deliver that line without breaking. Yes. It's so good. So we are three to three heading into round seven. Better story, better script or more fun. When Grandma's Boy first came out, I liked it. I thought there were some funny parts, but I didn't love it. But I felt like I related much more to it as a 36-year-old, maybe because Alex's character was 35, turned to 36. And there was just a little bit more that I connected with. But Out Cold, that was one of the first movies you and I bonded over in college. We had both seen it. I think you had it. I believe I owned it, yes. For me... With Grandma's Boy, there are certain things that would be way funnier if you were high watching Mm -hmm. it. It's definitely more of a hangout movie where the typical thing with stoner movies is a lot of scenes of people just hanging out, doing funny things that would happen if you you know, were partaking in some recreational drug use. Out Cold had more of a plot. Yes. In terms of getting from point A to point B and some shenanigans that happened along the way, but it definitely had more of a plot. In terms of Grandma's Boy, I think a perfect example of why I think it's really funny and might honestly have funnier parts, but might not be more fun would be the Dante scenes. Those are just Mm. pure hangout scenes that have some hilarious parts, but they don't add anything to the plot. The only thing is like the monkey when he drives them somewhere. But like that takes you out of the movie. Yeah, there's so much time spent with him in the basement, like with his people from whoever, you know, from around the world who come and visit him, which is funny. Like, okay, like this is Dr. Shakaloo. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny, but like, yeah, you could have done the same movie with none of that. It's funny and I don't have any issue with it. And for the type of movie they were trying to do, it's great. But if I... I'm personally picking a storyline and like a script that I find more fun. I'm way more apt to be drawn to something like Al Cold. Me too. Grandma's Boy does have, you know, it has a conflict and resolution, but that is like, (laughs) it's so lopsided to the end. It's just like, okay, problem solved. Okay, movie's over. The first two thirds of the movie really focuses on finishing the levels of the new game that they want to release. But it's kind of like, well, they don't give us any reason why we should really care about that. And then the last 20 minutes of the movie is where all the conflict comes into play. I think even more like the biggest conflict in the first two thirds is like Alex being able to have some alone time. <laughs> like, so he yeah, can smoke. yeah. Like, that's like what it feels like. 
out cold edges edges out grandma's boy for me based on all of these very same reasons it's just like when we get down to it what do we always talk about like what was more fun like what's a better story i think out cold has definitely a, a way more satisfying resolution the journey to get there is a lot more fun might not be like funnier all the way through but i mean it's still it's hilarious still really it's still so funny okay well i feel good about giving this one the out cold what about you I feel good about it, too. And honestly, if it went the other way, I would have been fine, yeah. too. It's just this might be like one of our tighter races. Yes. Going into it, you kind of have like this. Oh, this movie's going to win. Like, I don't think it's going to be very close. And yeah, like maybe that movie still wins. But like this is like razor thin. Oh, yeah. Well, great. Well, Al Cold wins the Rock Birthday movie matchup. Before we get into our rankings, anything you want to close on? What a fun trip down memory lane. I used to watch these movies all the time. I believe Out Cold was more in high school because it came out when I was a freshman. So we would just like hang out in my friend's basement and watch this movie like every weekend almost it felt like. And it's just fun to rewatch these movies like because you have it like in your head like, oh man, that movie was so good. And then you'll rewatch something and be like, that's so bad. But yeah. I mean, it was fun to watch these and like have them hold up and still make me laugh. Nostalgia is a powerful thing so okay what are you ranking these this is gonna be tight too i'm gonna give out cold an 88 and i'm gonna give grandma's boy an 84 nice i am going out cold in 81 and grandma's boy a 79 still close well great well that was so fun loved revisiting those movies alex and i are going to be taking a couple weeks off we will be back in about four weeks with our next matchup we're going to take a little bit of a spring break are we going to cancun we'll uh we'll catch all of you at pedro O'Horny's a live pod from pedro's we have the margaritas and the tequila <laughs> flowing this has been the movie showdown with rock and rob make sure to like subscribe rate and review all that fun stuff and follow us on all the socials at rock and rob show until next time peace i'm out of here adios turd nuggets <laughs> <laughs> yes I was saving that. <laughs>